today, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we're going to go to the AEW Full Gear Review. As of last night, I had this great event in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I mean, from top to bottom, the cars were good. I mean, they started off with a bang. Um, so pretty much the, the car was good. Uh, the pay-per-view, was it better than All Out? Mm, it was right there close to it, but not quite. We're going to have uh, information on the Ring of Honor library as uh, information just came in today. I'm going to have other topics, maybe some WWE, maybe some Impact. And uh, a Ring of Honor, former world champion, shows up at AEW Full Gear. We're going to have that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Welcome back to another episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One from New York City. And what I could say this weekend was, oh my goodness, the wrestling I seen this weekend was incredible. Of course, this weekend I was able to uh, go to House of Glory, uh, that promotion that I love so much, uh, a big fan since December actually not december since april of 2019 uh if you guys never heard of house of glory of course house of glory provided john silver uh chris stanlander who was uh from the uh private party and a host of others that had come through aew the dark or they're wrestling right now came through house of glory even santana and ortiz wrestled there even the lucha bros who were former house of glory champs at one point House of Glory came back this weekend with a bang. And the main event of the match of the night was actually Will Ospreay versus Amazing Red. And, uh, wow, uh, all I can say is uh, it was incredible. I'll be talking about that uh, later on. Also, this past Thursday, I had uh, a Veteran Day special episode. If you guys have not listened to it, you can go to Amazon, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and listen to the interview I had with no other than Jay the Red Santee from Turnbuckle Tabloid as we uh, give our take about the, of course, the state of pro wrestling. He'd give his, his analysis and his view on AEW, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, what's going on there. So if you guys have not checked that out, check that episode. This, this uh, was downloaded or uploaded, actually, on Thursday, on Veterans Day, check it out. My interview with Jay Santee uh, from Turnbuckle Tabloid. A good uh, conversation we had about the state of wrestling, WWE releases, AEW, uh, Ring of Honor situation with, uh, with them going under. I mean, it's a lot of stuff going on. But last night, we had AEW Dynamite. Uh, actually, not Dynamite. I'm sorry. Well, AEW Dynamite was on Wednesday. Uh, I will not be giving reviews on that or either Rampage because pretty much if you guys saw it, it led to last night AEW Full Gear. And um, AEW Full Gear started off, of course, with a buy-in. They buy-in in the first match. 
I don't know what happened here because um, they had a, um, you know, first of all, they started a buy-in with a a, um, a promo of Dante, Dante Martin. Now, as you guys saw, Rampage, uh, it looks like Team Taz is interested in Dante Martin. Uh, and the first one I saw that, I said to myself, well, what's going to happen when his brother Darius come in? But apparently, Darius, Darius from uh, Top Flight, his brother, has no timetable to return. So Dante Martin's been teaming up with Leo Rush. Leo Rush did not make Rampage because his grandmother passed away, so he wasn't away from family. So Taz took the opportunity to, and 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 give some type of contest of Ricky Star. So give it to Paul Hobbs or give it to Dante Martin on Friday to join Team Taz. Uh, so last night, uh, the buy-in opened up with Dante Martin getting uh, pretty much. Um, you know, uh, interview by Tony Schiavone, and the acclaim came out, and the acclaim claim came out saying that hey, you should join up, you should join us because you know, you, you know, we're the best tag team, whatever, blah blah blah. And it turned out that they said we're not gonna wait like Team Taz if you don't answer, you know, we don't, if you don't answer us by now, we're gonna beat you up. So eventually, Dante Martin took care of the acclaim, and that's the way they started they uh you know they show uh right now dante martin right now is the hottest commodity right now in aw i want to see what leo's rush reaction this wednesday coming up to see what his reaction with the team taz approaching dante martin and um a claim so who knows what's going to happen from that so the buy-in started off with nyla rose teaming up with jamie hater versus thunder rosa and sheeta uh, this was more of a preview of the TBS women's title tournament that they have in. Uh, they have Serena Deeves in the crowd, which, I mean, somebody, even Jay Santa says she, Serena Deeves is the bright heart of the women's division. I agree with that because this woman's pretty good. Um, of course, in the middle of the match, of course, Serena distracted Sheeta when she had control of Nyla Rose outside, and this pretty much gave Vicky Guerrero a chance to hit Sheeta with her own candlestick on the back of her leg because that's the storyline. Sheeta's been having knee issues. I don't know if it's still affecting her, but uh, but then, you know, who knows? Uh, it looks like last night was mostly about people honoring Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, uh, I think it was his 16-year anniversary of the passing of Eddie Guerrero. So a lot of people were doing the frog splash, the shimmy that he used to do. So Nyla Rose went and did the frog splash that Eddie Guerrero used to do. And not how you know how fortunate that Vicky Guerrero is the manager of Nyla Rose. So she pretty much did a freaking leaf roll from the top on she. I thought she nearly killed her for a two count, but she did reverse a rose bomb when uh, Nyla Rose tried to do a power bomb on her to roll Nyla for the win. This match was decent, don't get me wrong. But this pretty much tells us that the feud between Serena Deeves and Sheeta is not over. So it looks like this is going to continue, which is pretty good because, I mean, the women's division needs uh, some type of feud, like a Thunder Rosa Britt Baker they had this year. They need something like that with the Sheeta and the uh, Serena Deeves storyline. Uh, so the story is not over the way I see it. So afterwards, they did a promo with Orange Cassidy. He states that he is bringing a member of Chaos to the team with him on Dynamite. At first, I said, are we going to see Okada? Well, it turns out that it's not going to be Okada. It's Tomohiro Ishii. 
who just won the never open weight championship from Jay White yesterday also. So he's going to show up at uh, Dynamite on Wednesday. The first match of the pay-per-view of the night was Darby Allen versus MJF. And this was a banger the minute they opened the pay-per-view because both wrestlers started showing why they are part of the four pillars of the AEW. Darby then went for a coffee drop on MJF while he lay on the edge of the ring and he missed. I'm talking about Darby hit spine first on the edge of the ring. MJ at one point looked like he tweeted his knee when he went to do a backbreaker. So it looked like the story right there. I don't know if it's true, but it looked like he hit Darby with a, uh, a backbreaker on his knee and he looked like he twisted it a little bit. And my question first was, where is Warlow? Warlow was nowhere to be found last night. So stunning from the top rope by MJF, then MJF hits a unique power bomb with his knee, the same knee that he was having problems. So he kind of power it was like a power bomb move, but he hit it with his knee and right in the spine of uh Darby Allen. And then MJF then when um uh MJF got counter uh well actually he he countered the core ref from um Darby Allen to another power bomb. Allen went started working on MJF knee when he chopped blocked the other knee. And again, I started asking, where is Warlord? MJ hit a two-stone power drop on the edge of the ring on Darby. Another crazy move in this match. Uh, another coffee drop on MJF's legs, which, I mean, these guys were going all out. And all of a sudden, Spear and Warlord comes out. As soon as I say, where's Warlord? Warlord comes out and Sting takes care of both of them. MJ brings a skateboard, but it was more of a distraction. So the referee took the skateboard away from him, and then he ended up using the dynamite ring to beat Allen. Great match to start the pay-per-view. I mean, sad that uh, Darby Allen took the loss, but then again, he could afford to take the loss. MJF is still the guy who I think uh, is going to be the next guy to challenge the champion uh, uh, of the uh, for the, a the AEW World Champion because he, I mean, he only has one loss since he's been there. So, and that was a John Moxley. So, you know, uh, now is this MJF Darby Allen thing is over? No. Now I think the dynamite. AEW Dynamite Ring is gonna come into effect coming up now because he's been having that that ring for a while, so they usually do a tournament for that. So I'm sure that Darby Allen is gonna be like, well, put your champ, put your ring in on the line, and we'll have another match because they, I mean you gotta have another match between these two. So great. The AEW Tag Team Titles were on the line it was FTR versus Lucha Bro. Uh, during the match, the Lucha Bro was doing a lot of unique moves unique submission moves on ftr and then uh at one point ftr then took control of the match it's kind of tied up penta's mask again but this time penta did not decide to to, to rip it off his face like he did the the first time uh i think he did that who i think was it ftr that he ripped oh i forgot I, it wasn't i think it was they were in a tag team match where he took his his mask off because he got tied up in the corner um so but this time, the referee um, untied them. Beautiful double cutter by Phoenix at one point. And FTR used, tried to cheat. They tried the, uh, well, they used the AAA belt of Phoenix, but they still couldn't beat Lucha Bros. I think he got out of the two count. This was much of a match. It was a great old school tag match. It was like back, it reminded me a lot of the days of Tully Blanchard and, and Art Anderson, the Midnight Express. I mean, I noticed that FTR comes out with a like a, a modified version of the Midnight Express uh, music. So 
Harwood doing the three amigos, but then Penta went and threw uh uh reverse and hit all three amigos, and then Finney hit the frog splash again. A lot of these wrestlers were honoring Eddie Guerrero last night, so on uh, the six and you know, 60th anniversary of Eddie's passing, spot power driver on Finney for a two count by the FTR. The Green Max come back to haunt the FTR. They try to put that uh super Rana Green Max to try to do a double of uh, you know, take to 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 beat. Uh, the champions, but then it didn't work. It backfired because FTR went and hit their finishing move, and they end up pinning Wheeler, who was the illegal man. But FTR loses the match. Lucha Brothers retain the title. The next match was Miro versus Danielson. The winner becomes the number one contender for the AEW World Title. And this time, you saw Miro come in the ring with a quad injury. Miro started overpowering Danielson in the beginning. Danielson was trying to do some quick offense or to mirror call him and on uh caught Danielson on the outside with a suplex outside the ring it was like a German release suplex a Samoa drop by Miro in the middle of the match Danielson with a knee on Miro shotgun dropkick on Miro Miro gets caught with a knee bar it was a beautiful knee bar Miro stood up with a gut wrenching from a knee bar which I never seen anybody does he got up he was caught in a knee bar and he still was able to overpower Brian Dennison and gut wrench him uh, suplex to get out of that move. Uh, it was incredible. Miro was fearing that quad all night. Dennison with a series of kick and stomps. Powerbomb by Miro for a two count. He put the game over on Dennison, but that quad was bothering him, and Dennison was able to reach the rope. Miro broke out, the, out of the LaBelle lock at one point. Miro gets caught on a triangle choke, but he gouges Dennison's eye. And a kicking exchange happening between both of them, and then Miro and Danielson fighting on the top rope, and that's where the Miro uh, met his fate because then Benny Bryan hit a crazy ass DDT from the top rope, and he ends up choking out Miro for the win. So he is now the number one contender for the AEW World Championship. So now we don't know when he's gonna get that title shot. Is he gonna get it before the year end? We do not know, but so far as you saw, the first three matches of the night were unbelievable. They came, I mean, w, uh, uh, AEW came out uh, with a banger. They were not playing uh, the first three matches of the night uh, from the pay-per-view, not the buy-in, was pretty good. It had you off the seat. They were like, the, I know that Darby Allen and the MJF match, it must have been like over 25, 30 minutes uh it was just incredible uh you can't ask for nothing better this is professional wrestling what the way it's supposed to a lot of people are going to complain a lot of people are like, oh aw is whack AEW, because you know what these people have been uh, uh like androids they've been uh you know trained to think like wwe everything's got to be fast everything's got to be five ten minutes the match is over you're not going to have that you know what i'm saying they conditioned that way. And that's the problem with a lot of the uh, wrestling fans today who compare AEW with WWE. They condition to think the way they do when it comes to wrestling matches, setting up storylines, and all that. I mean, like I said, a lot of people will not agree with me. But, you know, uh, the first three matches, it was an hour and a half, nearly two hours, and then you had three great matches of course, we go. Oh, what about the buy-in? That's the buy-in. The buy-in doesn't count. Buy-in is like the, the, the pre-show, WWE, the kickoff show, like the WWE does, where they put a, 
a match that's supposed to be in the pay-per-view, they'll put it in the kickoff to start it off, which makes no sense. And then the middle of the damn pay-per-view is just boring. So, uh, you know, but AEW started strong. Now, what I was looking forward to surprises and all that, but uh, we did have a surprise, and we'll talk about it when we come back. Uh, so, again, AEW starting it off so fast. So we'll be right back after this. Today's Chokeslam Wrestling Report is brought to you by Stamps.com. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're in an office sending invoices, a side hustle, SD shop, or full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discount on postage and shipping from USPS or UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com new rate advisor tool. You compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code POD, you'll get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the, the homepage, and type in P-O-D. That's stamps.com, promo code P-O-D. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Jada Red Sante, host of Turnbuckle Tabloid, and you're listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. And we're back for the second round of the AEW full gear review. And uh, again, uh, the the you know the Pepe was doing great. I mean, I didn't see no negativity online. I check YouTube all the time, and people were just having fun watching this pay per view. So the next match was a very interesting match. It was a four false count anywhere between Super Click and. Jurassic Express and Christian. So the Young Bucks came out with a uh, with a purple beer, which was ridiculous, and then um, and they came out of course with Nakazawa and Color. Adam Cole comes out uh, by himself, uh, but the match started with uh, these guys going at it. Adam Cole was the first one to use a chair on Luchasaurus. Christian then used a reverse DDT on Adam on the chair. I mean, they were they were going crazy. Luchasaurus with a double German superlock on on the Young Bucks. And then Jungle Boy went for a flip on the outside, and he got caught 
by the young bucks with a trash can. They just threw the trash can in midair while he was going over the ropes, and he got caught lovely. Uh, during the match, Cole Adam Cole got busted open, super kick everywhere. Everybody was super kicking each other in this match. Adam Cole on the table, and all of a sudden, um, well, Adam Cole was thrown to the table when he was on the top rope, and Jungle Boy Hurukarana him from the top row and he landed outside on the table uh of course after that uh matt jackson ended up doing a, a elbow drop from the top row through hitting luchasaur through the table christian body pressed on nakazawa Carla, and nick jackson in the crowd which it was crazy they continued to fight in the crowd cold backdrop jungle boy on the edge of the ring at one point dub dax they grabbed the dump sacks came out and this was so crazy crazy move that these guys did they took out the dump tax they grabbed the dump tax and put it inside jungle boy's mouth okay jungle boy's mouth and then they went they uh they had jungle boy like in a, in a, in a i don't call had him in like in a look like a mirror game over type and that uh the jungle boy the uh, jungle boys the young bucks ended up uh super kicking uh jungle boy in the face while he still had the thumbtacks in his mouth a ladder came in the ring and christian slammed on a on a, on a ladder then all of a sudden uh christian tried to hit a ddt on i believe it was nick jackson and he ended up hurting himself luchasaurus then slammed cole on the ladder which he bounced off uh then matt jackson gets caught with a snare trap but adam cole saves him low blow city from everybody everybody got low blow in, in at one point in the stage cole hits the panama sunrise on jungle boy on the ramp dump decks uh knee pads were pulled out from the super uh the super click and they hit the bte on luchasaurus but jungle boy ended up saving him from getting pinned adam chokeslam on the elite a shooting star press from luchasaurus on the elite from the stage this guy's six foot five doing shooting stars from the stage. Then afterwards, uh, Christian gave the chair to Jungle Boy, and he ended up hitting a concerto on Matt Jackson for the win on the stage. Uh, this was a crazy match. Um, I mean, was you expecting anything crazy in this? Not really. I mean, I expected, I didn't expect the thumbtacks to pop out and the thumbtacks on knee pads, but. You know, it, it was something different. Uh, the shooting star for Luchasaurus, it was it's incredible. Shows you what this man could do in the ring, and um, he needs to be pushed better. Uh, we'll you know we'll see what happens after this because um, of what happened in the ending when it came to the Young Bucks at the end of the night. Uh, the next match was Pac versus Co uh, Pac and Cody versus Malachi and Andrade's. This match, I mean. You can't ask for anything better than having Cody getting booed again as he comes out to the ring. This match, Cody already had started problem with Pac. The minute he tags himself in the ring, and then he uh, Pac went and tags himself in the ring. There was no cohesive unit or whatever that's already problem as it is. Uh, at one point in the match, Andrade's assistant went and interfered in the match, uh, but then. Um, you know, Cody and Pac were still having issues. Uh, 
and, and uh, at one point you saw uh, Andrade's assistant going at it with our Anderson, our Anderson whooped that ass in the in the ring. Malachi Black was also having issues with Andrade, and you could tell they were having an issue. Malachi then black mask Cody, RCI Munso by Park, Jose again gets in our face, and Jose got his ass whooped by our Anderson. Andrade hits a modified DDT on the edge of the ring on Park, which was ridiculous. The edge of the ring all night was being used here. Crazy. Cody was still outside recuperating on the outside. Fans were booing him because he was like acting like he, he wasn't doing well. Pac hits Cody by mistake. Pac hits the black arrow on Andrade's for the win. So Pac ended up getting the win afterwards. Wheeler came in from FTR and attacked Cody. And, you know, and then, you know, Pac came and kind of saved him. Uh, again, Cody should just turn heel. I mean, he's getting booed. He reminds me of John Cena. When John Cena was getting booed by everybody and people were saying, why don't you just turn heel? This is exactly what Cody is doing. I, I don't understand why he doesn't turn heel. He's a better wrestler and he's a better character when he's a heel. Now he's talking about he's not going to turn the people. He's he's true to himself. Well, you got to listen to the fans. And if you're not listening to the fans, that could be a problem. That could be a big, big, big problem. And, you know, right now, this is the problem right now. AEW Women's title match. Ty Conti versus Britt Baker. This match, I didn't like this match. And I'm going to be honest. Uh, you know, Baker, of course, came out with uh, Jamie Hayter and Rebel. This match has some bodges. Uh, I don't know what Ty Conti overdoes her, her comebacks. Uh, you know, at one point, uh, Britt Baker did like a, a, a you know, uh, I know Conti landed horrible on the edge when Britt hit a white noise-like maneuver. I think that was the only big thing of the, of the night. Uh, the match was a good match, but Ty Conti shows she can she can rock with the big wigs, but she over, I think she overs, uh, uh, does her comeback. I, I didn't like this match. Britt Baker, though, I mean, Ty Conti hit her with everything, and she still couldn't pit Britt, Britt Baker. And reality, Britt pulled this one by luck. She escaped. With the belt because she couldn't even put the lockjaw on Ty Conti because Ty Conti kept, uh, you know, um, how to say that, uh, reversing the move. Um, and these women were outside. She took out Ty Conti took out Rebel and Hater at one point. I mean, it was just uh, I don't know. Uh, there was a little bit of bodges here and there, but it wasn't the type of match that I was just like confused. I never seen a Britt Baker match like this. I think these women did not have chemistry in the ring. Ty Conti, uh, again, she's getting good, whatever, but I think she overdoes her comebacks. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, and um, she kept thinking about what she's going to make the next move. Um, and I think that was a point where, um, you know, you have to, like, I don't know. It, it, this was not a match. This is one of not Ty Conti's best matches. Britt Baker, again, this is not one of his her best matches. I, I did not understand it. But Britt Baker did defeat Ty Conti. She escaped with the belt. Not much to talk about here because, like I said, I was confused. I was like, okay, uh, what is going on? She came in with a – Ty Conti came in with a blue-green. I mean, I understand the Brazil colors, but she came with a new look. Um, I think that's what kind of threw me off, too. Uh, I didn't understand it. I just didn't understand it. I mean, the girls – I don't know. It's That's just me. I don't know. Uh, but – the next match was CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. And Kingston 
hits uh caught Punk quickly. As soon as the match, he came in the ring, and they had like a little, they were jabbing back and forth. CM Punk came in when uh, didn't jump to the crowd, didn't do his clobbering. So he came in there for business. And these guys, as soon as uh, Punk came in and started jabbing, uh, Kingston hit Punk with his back punch finishing move, in which they rocked Punk and the belt did not ring. Uh, Punk tried to do a comeback, but Eddie hit an exploder. CM Punk with kicks, but gets thumped in the eye by Eddie Kingston. CM Punk busted open by Eddie. Painson, he grabbed Eddie Kingston, grasped. CM Punk's uh, blood and puts it in his face and laughs about it. Um, and there was a fight, fit, uh, fist fight ensuing at one point. Both of them going at it. And um, there was a point where it looked like CM Punk was about to do the John Cena, you can't see me. And people were booing. People were actually booing CM Punk. And they were like chanting, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Now, According to what I read this morning, he said uh, because it was the 16th anniversary of Eddie's passing, Eddie Guerrero, the chant of Eddie in the arena said this is the reason why he knew people were uh, um, ch- um, chanting for Eddie Kingston. To him, him in the chant of Eddie, he said he reminded of people chanting for Eddie Guerrero. And he said since he is the boss in the ring, he loves messing with people's feelings, especially the fans, to kind of troll the fans. He looked like he was going to do the, the you can't see me uh, move with John Cena, but he ended up hitting t- not one, but two, two GTS to beat Kingston. And the match lived up to the hype. It was a pretty good match. Uh, CM Punk stressed, uh, extended his hand out of respect for Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston just walked to the back and didn't care for it. The next match was the Minneapolis Street Fight between Men of the Year and America Top Team versus the Inner Circle. Uh, Junior, this, uh, Junior De Santos uh, pretty much was manhandling Jericho uh, in the match, but then um, Lambert came in and everything broke loose. Lambert thought because Jericho was hurting, he could come in and try to pin uh, uh, Jericho, but everything broke loose. Uh, Sammy Guevara went. His Scorpio with a football, which was hilarious because uh, the uh, Santana Ortiz had um, Scorpio Sky. Oh, actually, Ethan Page trapped in a submission move. Scorpio Sky tried to come in. He gets caught in submission move. And then Sammy Guevara went and hit uh, uh, Scorpio with a football, which was hilarious. Ethan Page got hit with a ski, uh, with a ski, ski blade. Then... Uh, a ladder was introduced into the match, and Scorpio was laid out on the table, and Sammy Guevara launched himself from the top of the ladder and landed through the table. You could tell that he was hurting. Byron Roski, a legend who wrestled back in the AWA and other territories back in the day, was in attendance, and Ethan Page got in his face. He got clawed for his trouble. Uh, Dan Lambert getting his ass whooped by Jericho, but DeSanto hits Jericho. Jericho then blasts Lambert and used a staple on him. And then he went and hit a frog splash in tribute to Eddie Guerrero and for the win. So there you go, guys. Uh, the Inner Circle beats America top team and man of the year. I do not want to see this anymore. This thing with the UFC guys coming out, I do not want to see. I hope this is over with. Uh, let uh, Santana T go for the AEW Tag Team titles. Have that big, great match against Penta and 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 phoenix 
which are classic. We had a lot of those matches in 2019. And Jericho probably going to probably end up doing his Fozzy thing. Hager, I don't know what's going to happen to him. Sammy Guevara has a new challenger because right after that match was over, Tony Schiavone introduced Jay Lethal, who said he entered the forbidden door and he likes what he sees. So now he's saying he would like to have a title match with Sammy Guevara. And guess what? This Wednesday in Dynamite, we're having that match between Jay Lethal and Sammy Guevara. So Sammy Guevara accepted that. The next and main event was the world title match between Kenny Omega and Adam Page. The beginning of this match was a feel-out process. And, of course, Don Callis got involved early in the match. A body present outside by Page and Omega. Omega working on the back of uh, Page in the beginning of the match. Page uh, hit a... Uh, a suplex on Omega. Don Callis again at one point got uh started attacking Paige. A terminal dive by Kenny Omega went for the uh and then he went for the new for moonsault in the corner but got caught with Paige's knees. Handman with a high boot, fall away slam by Paige, a two-page suicide, and then a moonsault from the top turbuckle to take out Omega. A brain buster for two count after that. Uh and then um, after that, uh, Kenny Omega did a springboard powerbomb from the corner. Snapdragon suplex by Kenny. And he followed that up with another snapdragon on the edge of the ring. Then he started with his V-Triggers. He did a release German suplex. I mean, uh, Paige did a, a release German suplex. Driver 98 by Omega for two camp. Paige was busted open. Omega was in the top buckle. But Paige catches him and he hits an avalanche blockbuster by uh by hangman for a two count hammer close light from the top to kenny breaking the table kenny pulled the referee on the way and cali comes in with the belt and then page hits the dead app but no referee aubrey edwards comes out for a two count a slug fest uh ensued v trigger page blocks the big trigger but then kenny hits another v trigger uh a quarter kicks Pisses Paige and he close line close close um he close line Kenny out of his boots. The young buck comes out and this was a little weird because the young buck comes out and they come in very not, not fast to the ring very slow. Uh, uh, at one point, uh, both wrestlers uh, got backed up from each other. Paige hits Omega moves for a two count. Uh, Buckshot Larry beats Omega for the world title. So th- there was a lot of shit going on. And uh, let me tell you, uh, that buckshot lariat when he hit Omega with that, that that's it. It was uh, it was over. Then, um, but before that, the young bucks gave actually there was a buckshot lariat when he hit him from behind, and then when he went to do the second buckshot lariat, he looked at the young bucks and the young bucks like nodded, giving him like the okay, and he hit the second one, and he beats Omega for the world title now what does this mean is this means the end of the elite okay because i did mention um a couple of stuff as far as the elite which i feel that kevin steen or kevin owens contract is over in february and he may be coming to aew will be will be the reunion of the mount rushmore is kenny omega getting kicked out of the elite is that gonna happen it already started you already saw what happened last night. The young boys gave the nod. Now I don't know what the, that means, but it's gonna be interesting to see what happens uh at the aftermath of 
uh, full gear on Wednesday. So we're definitely going to see what happens. And I know a lot of people are going to be wondering, oh, it's going to be a million viewers. No, it's going to be you're going to get the aftermath and then stories to begin again for the next pay-per-view will be Revolution in February. And we'll see what happens. And then they get the Battle of the Belt supposedly coming up. We'll see what happens. So we'll be right back after this. Hey, it's your boy, the host of the Chokesland Wrestling Report, the ultimate one from New York City. Uh, I want to thank those who's been supporting the podcast for the last two and a half years. As you guys know, I have a apparel website where you guys could get your hats, your shirts, and coming soon will be the black hoodies with the Chokesland Wrestling Report logo on it, the same ones you see on my thumbnails when I do my podcast. Uh, you guys could go to tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. Again, that's tcwr.veryinkpressive.com, the home of the Chokesland Wrestling Report. You get the hats. There's three different type of shirts. You got the Chokesland Wrestling Report, the original one for 20 bucks. The other two up for $25. You guys could go in there, check it out. You could register to the website. You could go into the website and you could watch the youtube videos that is linked into this web page also there's the logo of the chokesland wrestling report if you click that it will take you directly to the audio podcast and right under it you get to see the apparels the shirts i am going to put black hoodies coming up soon so guys check it out again this is a good way to support the chokesland wrestling report and i'm again i am thankful and glad that you guys are supporting the chokesland wrestling report i am your host the ultimate one from new york city and i hope you guys be safe and sound and hope to hear from you soon And we're back. We got some wrestling news and rumors, stuff that I cover during the week. Uh, one of them is uh, the stuff that uh, happened last week in Power Struggle. As you guys know, Kenta won the IWGP United States Champion from Hiroshi Tadahashi. And after that match, he called out CM Punk. He said, I am the new iwgp united states champion i don't know if you guys remember what i said when i came to new japan in 2019 i said i am here to prove who i am after three years i finally proved who the hell i am baby i'm the united states champion it doesn't matter if you're going to if it's going to happen or not but i just want to entertain you guys i want to give you guys a home hey cm punk i'm ready to put you to sleep Kenta said this in a Bastet interview following New Japan Pro Wrestling Power Struggle. Now, as you guys know, you saw CM Punk going at it with Eddie Kingston. Now, the doors of New Japan is wide open because now the G1 Supercar is over. And a lot of these wrestlers like Kenta, uh, Jay White, the, the, the Gorillas of Destinies, uh, who else? Uh, you see that Tomohiro Ishii is coming into Dynamite. They don't have to wrestle in Japan for the next month and a half before Wrestle Kingdom. Because why, you would say? Because they're having the World Tag League and the best of the Super Juniors in New Japan as we speak. It started yesterday. Uh, am I going to cover that? Not really. And I'm going to tell you why. The best of the Super Juniors, um, that... Um, 
the talent they have is almost the same matches that I see all the time. There's nothing new in there that I say, oh, I got to watch the best of the Super Junior. So that's doesn't interest me for the first time. And God knows since I've been following uh, best of Super Juniors tournament and whatnot. Uh, the same thing could be said with the World Tag League. The World Tag League this year has a bunch of old wrestlers. And I believe the Gorillas of Destiny are in this one. I think they are because they are the, the reigning World Tag League champions. So uh, most likely we're not going to see the Gorillas of Destiny in the United States because they're in the World Tag League. But if you look at the car up and down, you have all these t- tag teams that look, some of them are old. Old guys getting together. You have Minoru Suzuki teaming up with uh, uh, Taka Mishinoko. You have uh, freaking, uh, uh, oh, my God, what's his name? Uh, uh, oh, my God, I forgot. There's, there's a bunch of old guys, which I, I don't. Makabe with uh, Hanomo. I, I don't want to see that. I, I really don't. They kind of remind me of one year when it was just so horrible. I didn't want to watch it anymore. Um, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to follow New Japan for this month only because – Wrestle Kingdom is in January. There's a two-night event, and I definitely want to talk about that. Also, uh, what happened, uh, the things that came up. Also, during the uh, last night and while AEW was happening, uh, they had uh, the bad New Japan had the uh, the pay-per-view called Battle in the Valley. And first of all, let's talk about uh, the Jonah, aka known as Bronson Reed. Now known as Jonah, made his freaking debut at New Japan's Battle in the Valley show. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's crazy. Impact World Champion Moves defeated Juice Robinson before leaving the ring as Jonah entered to lay out Robinson with a big splash. So it looks now that he signed with New Japan and he took out Juice Robinson. So right now they goes. He made his return and he came in as a heel. Jonah then cut a promo where he claimed that the shackles were off. <laughs> Ain't that crazy when they said the shackles are all we're talking about WWE and that uh, the real violence will now begin. So, you know, he came in and he took out Juice Robinson last night. So that is something to watch and something to keep an eye on. Also, um, I believe in the um let me see, in this uh la, 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 la. I know Tomohiro Ishii beat Jay White for the never open weight title, uh, beating beating him. And as you can see, uh, um, they had the uh, – I'm having issues here, a lot of issues. Um, so, um, Sarai returns to Japan following the NXT loss. So, that, that's uh, – I don't know what's that about. I've never heard uh, – you know, I don't know who the hell is this sorry girl. But anyway – so uh let's talk back to the new japan stuff the new japan situation um as you guys know again jay white lost his never open weight championship and during the last couple of months the situation with bullet club is now um kind of weird because uh i don't know if i mentioned this a couple of weeks ago where you saw um the gorillas of destiny not the gorillas of destiny but tamatanga was in a match with evil and during that match with evil um, the lights went out, and Yo, who's part of now the a brand they call the House of Torches under an umbrella of Bullet Club, turned turned the lights off and cost Tamatanga the match, and Evil ended up pinning 
Tamataga. Now, I don't know what's going on with Bullet Club right now because I suppose the Bad Luck Fale is coming back. Uh, he will be coming back for the World Tag League. So I guess the New Zealand situation over that lockdown is over. He's coming to Japan. Um, so I don't know what's going on with Bullet Club. Right now, I know that Jay White was talking about, you know, you know, he's the leader. Doesn't Tamatanga was kind of questioning him why he's the leader and he hasn't been seen in New Japan. He didn't even participate in the G1 Climax, and now he loses the Never Open Way title. So uh, are we going to see a breakup of Bullet Club? But right now at this point, I mean, that's the only thing you could do right now. You may have might as well just break up the Bullet Club because it's not the same. It's a lot of crazy things. I haven't seen Ghetto um, in a while. Uh, the Gorillas of Destiny, of course, uh, they're still the Gorillas of Destiny. But why did Evil make a house of torture on in that under that umbrella of Bullet Club? So I don't know what's going to happen. Are they still going to be fighting for the new leadership? What is going to happen? Are you going to have what we talked about, what I talked about a year ago, where you're going to have a, uh, a, a split of the faction, where you're going to have American and Tongans uh, Bullet Club, and then you're going to have an old Japanese uh, uh, part of Bullet Club. So we, we don't know. Then, of course, uh, when it comes to New Japan, let's talk about the uh, situation with the IWGP World Title. As you guys know, the first IWGP World Champion was Kota Ibushi. Ibushi then lost it to Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay then uh, got hurt in May in his match against Shingo Takaji, had some neck injury, had to forfeit the belt. Then New Japan figured, well, you know what? We're going to have to claim a new champion. So they had Shingo Takaji go against uh, Okada. Now, Okada ended up winning. Well, actually, let's put it this way. Shingo Takaji ended up winning the match. So he became the IWGP champion, which he is now the current IWGP world champion. Okada won the G1 Climax. So instead of him walking around with a briefcase, with a contract uh, for his match in Wrestle Kingdom, he's walking around with the old title belt that was used before uh, by Jay White, uh, AJ Styles, whatever. So he's walking around with that belt. But here's the problem. Since August, Will Ospreay is claiming he is the real world champion because he never lost the belt. So he's walking around with an IWGP version, the new version belt, which I saw him this past week, actually Friday, when I went to House of Glory. He's walking around with his belt, with his version of his belt. So last night, Will Ospreay confronted Okada. So this whole situation with this three-way thing with the belt, I was wondering, how is he going to get settled? Well, guess what? Wrestle Kingdom, already night one, the main event has been already set up, which is Okada versus Shingo Takaji. I see Okada, okay, I see Okada beating Shingo Takaji for that belt, or we could see Shingo Takaji beating Okada, and then Will Ospreay beating Takaji or Okada to become the undisputed IWGP World Champion since he never lost. And remember, before uh, Ospreay got hurt, he was supposed to face Okada in a one-on-one match and wrestle Grand Slam, but that didn't happen because he got hurt. Plus, they canceled the uh, – that's why they put the match between Shingo and Okada because, well, Osprey wasn't able to, uh, you know, uh, wrestle. 
and whatnot. So Osprey looks good. Osprey looks very well. He looks healthy, um, especially his uh, his empire has gotten bigger. Uh, TJP is now part of the empire. Uh, it, it, it's just it's just crazy. I mean, the New Japan scene is getting crazier and crazier. But the, the situation with Bullet Club now with the House of Torture, Evil, uh, doing stuff in the G1 Climax, the Jay White situation. Now we have this version of the uh, the, the, the IWGP belts. As you can see, Shingo Takaji is facing Okada on night one and night two. Osprey is winning for the winner for Wrestle Kingdom. I think they're having a three-night event um, this year. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be incredible. Uh, but, I mean, New Japan is just getting crazier and crazier. On other notes, the Ring of Honor situation. Uh, I want to talk to you about real quick about this. Um, the there was a report that came in this morning about the Ring of Honor tape library amid the rumors that some of the tape library ownership was divided and that part of it belonged to Kerry Selkin. Well, Fightful reached out to Selkin himself, and we were told that Saint Clair Broadcast uh, owns the entire video library, which means the whole since 2002 all the way to now. So. And that isn't the, and, and that isn't divided in any way. So we weren't given any details of the library and it's actively for sale or if there have been any suitors for at this at this point. So I know Tony Khan mentioned something about him getting the library for Ring of Honor. Uh, so it's not divided. It's not 2002 to 2012 and then 2012 to now. Uh, it's not divided. Sinclair owns the whole library so if they're going to put it up for grabs well there it is and and it looks like um sinclair's share has gone down which i am an owner of sinclair's share they've gone down since they announced the ring of honor is uh maybe done and because they've been trying to make television deals with the uh cleveland cavaliers and the detroit red wings but you know, right now, we don't know what's going to happen. Is Ring of Honor dead in the water? I mean, think about it. You had Jay Leto already popped out and All Elite. He already signed with All Elite. So it's just crazy. Just crazy how everything's coming to fruition. Um, so I, I don't know. But this is not good for anybody because right now, you know, um, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's just nuts. Just nuts of what's going on. And, and, and um, I know Jay Lito, like I said, he showed up last night uh, in the, you know, the whole at the, the at the pay-per-view and challenging uh, um, Sammy Guevara. But we will see. It will, we will definitely see what happens with Ring of Honor uh, coming up. So we'll be right back after this. Hi. This is James Rodens from the WNR podcast, and you are listening to the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. And we're back with more uh, wrestling news and rumors. So Jay Lethal met Tony Khan for the first time at AEW Full Gears. Details how he landed in AEW. He said, I am a professional wrestler and this is the fastest, rising, hottest promotion in the freaking world. He began by saying, it was a no contest. 
It was an easy decision for any professional wrestler, in my opinion. This place is amazing. AEW is on fire, and I'm so happy to be here. And I'm more excited that they are willing to have me here. That's even more exciting in my head. And, of course, he said he spoke about Ring of Honor, and he said, well, unfortunately, the doors are closing soon there. I met a lot of friends there. I've wrestled there for over 10 years. I am a very loyal professional wrestler. If you're good to me, I'll stay there until the doors close. The doors are closing, and opportunity presented itself, and I was welcomed in with open arms. So to answer your question, my heart goes out to a lot of those guys who no longer have jobs. It's sad, but it's also great to be a professional wrestler because the wrestling world right now is freaking booming. As for how the deal to join AEW came about, lead to reveal that it started just a few days ago. He even said that this was his first time speaking to Tony Khan in person. He said it all happened so quickly on a few, only a few days ago. My head was spinning because today was the first time we met and talked face-to-face. Imagine being, for lack of better term, jobless and wondering how you're going to pay your bills and such. You're a professional resident, so, so there's not a ton of job. You can't just uh, fill out an application anyway. I, just, I got a quick message from some of Tony's associates. We was like a beacon of light, but literally that was only a few days ago. Then I flew yesterday in and had to sit in my hotel room, and I couldn't get any sleep because all I could think about was, well, I don't really know what's happening tomorrow because we haven't met yet. It was wild. All those thoughts going through my mind. Will will the people like me? The company's on fire right now. I hope to make good impression. Just a wild rush of emotions in my head. He include he concluded by saying that AEW already feels like home and that he plans on being there forever. He said on the other other than meeting Tony today for the first time, I walked into the building and saw people that I have met throughout my twenty years of professional wrestling. Some I was very close with. Some I just met a few times in passing. Some men and women hadn't, hadn't seen him 15 years. And I was, if we ever, if we had never skipped a beat. So right away for first 30 seconds here, I was like, this is home. Like I mentioned before, I'm very loyal to professional rest. So I plan to be here until the door closes. Plan on this being my home forever. So there you go. He, uh, people were, uh, I know Moose was asking for Jay Lee to, to come in to the promotion. He asked Scott Moore to go in. Uh, and that happened during the week. Uh, you know, he he uh, he told Scott Moore we need Jay Lethal and the Briscoe, and you know, and apparently that did not happen. Of course, Jay Lethal now is with All Elite. The Briscoes are still out there; they are now the game changing wrestling tag team champions. So who knows? Also, news that came in. Uh, they said, uh, well, not news, but the Master Champion say Rick Steiner pulled out of the NXT Halloween Havoc appearance at the last minute. So his match with Rick Steiner's son. Uh, Braun Breaker, he said he meant, uh, you know, he wanted to meet him in Halloween Havoc. He pulled out last minute, maybe because I retained, but I won't say that's why. Uh, that's what Tommaso Champa said. He said, I would love to be friends with him. I said to Braun, I don't want to meet your dad. I want him to be my buddy. I want us to exchange numbers and whatever Rick Steiner does. He's probably not a big phone guy, but I don't know. He laughed, but I just want to be friends with him. So, I guess Rick Steiner figures like, well, if I show up there, I'll probably be a fool showing up at NXT to support my son. And being that, you know, WWE does not mention Braun Breaker being Rick Steiner's son in his day broadcast, it would have looked stupid on WWE part because they already were trying to block his lineage. So, um, Moose, because Moose was talking a lot this week, uh, and he fought Juice Robinson, uh, uh, yesterday, and that's why uh, Jonah attacked Juice Robinson right after that match. 
But he said the Impact Grand Championship was a Billy Corgan idea. Remember that Grand Championship that there was a, it, it, you know, a, a point system. It, he said it was an effing terrible idea. That was Billy Corgan's idea. He said, "I'm sorry, Billy, but that was a terrible effing idea." There was history behind it. I get it. It was something they did in England with the rounds. But I think in this era of wrestling, it's stupid because let's say last minute of a round, you have the crowd up here, then it ends, and you have to take too many breaks. In that break, you have the crowd from up here to back down to zero. So when the round starts, you have to bring them back up. It sucks. It's like watching a killer match. It's been over, and you're waiting for the next match. Now, that's how I felt like with rounds and why it was stupid. Great idea, just not for wrestling. Unless you go back to how WWE did it where it was shoot boxing. It was a better idea on paper. I met one guy on the roster who actually liked that format. And he continued saying that the belt was cool and all, but I thought it was dumb. The idea I had, and I think it would be a great idea, but obviously no one impact listened to me, and that's for good reasons anyway. Then you come out with a championship, and the winner of the championship always picked the match stipulation. Maybe they bring the grand championship back and make the stipulation with it. The champion always picks the stipulation and always put the challenge in a spot where he wrestles the champion in a match and he is great at you have to be him in his style so there you go i mean moose was talking a lot this week and um i hate him to say but uh, you know him being world champion i don't have a problem with it i think it's a little too late uh and again and i have a lot of issues with impact right now i will not and i repeat i will not invest my time with impact for a certain reason or what they did in bomb for glory they, I, I could say they did pay-per-view bait. They had you thinking that they're going to have AAA wrestlers, they're going to have Bullet Club members, and they were going to have uh, who else, AEW stars in there, and none of that happened, okay? Um, yeah, you're going to say, well, they have Hikaleo and, and Chris Bay. Chris Bay, I don't even consider him a Bullet Club member, okay? Hikaleo, he's still a young lion, okay? And the top, the and then to top it all, what really, really gave me a sour taste was the uh, – the iconics or whatever they call now giving them the knockouts tag team championship without them having a one wrestling tag team match with any of the, the tag team roster in impact to give them the belt and take the belt away from decay was a stupid uh what i call a wwe booking style of uh of match and and, and i cannot forgive them for that because they wasted my time Especially the the match I was waiting for was Josh Alexander beating Christian for the uh, Impact World Title, and then they went and you know did the swerve, and now I cannot forgive them for that. I can't. The fact that they uh, they announced this week again Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans against uh, Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellery again, you're beginning to look like Raw, and I'm sorry to say it, and I cannot. I can't. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not going to waste my time with a promotion who they booking style is horrendous, horrendous. And now they got turning point coming up. How many pay-per-views do you have to have every month? Why do you have to have a big pay-per-view and then you got to have a, another uh, impact plus? You know, I, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not wasting my time with that shit. I won't. I refuse to. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, Tony Khan pretty much said that at the rate WWE is letting big stars go, AEW will have no shortage of debut. He said, "If I, it was my call to do it, and I think it was the right move to give fans what they paid for and all out, 
the experience. So it was the biggest pay-per-view audience we ever had. I wanted to give them the best pay-per-view we've ever done. That's generally my philosophy is to do good shows so people will want to watch them. All I was the most positive feedback we ever had about any show we ever done. It was almost the most revenue we ever done to of any shows we've done. I thought it was the right move to load it up and give fans all these moments. At the end of the show with Danielson and Cole debuting was Marco, and I think it was the right move. He told Wade Keller of the PW Torch. And Tony Khan capped things all by saying, at the rate that WWE are letting big stars go and firing people, I will not have shortage of people who debut the months ahead. Uh, there's also saying there's also a rumor going around that Tony Khan almost brought in Bray Wyatt to AEW, but we don't know when he's going to debut. Apparently, you know, uh, I thought last night when I saw the Dark Order come in and come and kick pace, hugging them all, uh, it's incredible. CM Punk uh, wants to bring in Brody King to AEW. I don't think Brody King needs to be in AEW. He can stay in New Japan uh, because he's a big guy. New Japan strong needs stars. So, you know, why not? I mean, not that they can't go because of the open door. They can't go there, but who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Judy Backwell, Buff Backwell's mom, passed away uh, last week at the age of 78. If you guys who watched WCW back then remember her as the woman who apparently w, this is when you knew WCW was going down to hell when they gave her the tag team belt with Rick Steiner at the Pipe Papa Pump uh, betray Rick Steiner. Uh, so that that little situation there, I say that, uh, you know, it was the worst thing that WCW did. One of the worst things that WCW did, they added to their minds. But, yep, so Judy Bagwell, uh, uh passed away last Monday at the age of 78. So, well, that is it for me. Again, uh, like I said, uh, actually, no, there's more stuff. Let me see. Do I have more stuff here? Uh, Naida is supposed to uh, come back for the world tag league and i think that's about it yeah that's about it um so yeah so pretty much i'm done again guys um the if you have not listened to my veterans day special of the uh the state of pro wrestling interview i did with jay the red santi from typical tabloids check that out that I, that was uploaded on thursday is so if you go if you want check it out go to either apple spotify amazon music and check them out uh, so you could check the rest of the archives that i got there plus the show today um also guys if you want to f- uh purchase and support the chokesline wrestling report podcast you can support it by going to tcwr.veryinkpressive.com home of the chokesline wrestling report i have uh hats shirts um i got hoodies coming up soon with the Chokeslam Wrestling Report logo on it, so you guys can check it out. Also, you could register to the website, and you can have access to the YouTube channel or the videos I have there, and access to the audio podcast archive if you click on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report logo, and you'll be able to get in there and listen to all the shows I've done in the last past two and a half years, if you could say it. But, uh, yeah, so it's been amazing. Uh, again, this past Friday, we went to House of Glory, uh supposedly next month you got malachi black coming in if you live in the new york area guys you got to check out house of glory uh it's located in queens jamaica queens at the new york city arena uh they're having malachi black facing amazing red next month december 11th house of glory uh i mean they they've done so much thing and this is a promotion owned by master p 
and uh, and the guy who founded was Amazing Red. They got a great group of talent in there. Um, and you always have stars in there. So Will Osprey and Amazing Red rocked the house this past Friday. So guys, check it out. Um, so you know, it's it's a cool family atmosphere. You can't ask for anybody. Again, guys, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Facebook, or Twitter, and Instagram, The Chokesland Wrestling Report. Also, follow me on TikTok. Uh, I have three-minute videos every uh, every day uh, talking about the uh, the biggest news of the day, telling you my three-minute thoughts on it. So uh, follow me on TikTok. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube channel, The Chokesland Wrestling Report. So follow me all those social media outlets. Until then, guys, have a great day and enjoy your Sunday. And I will see you guys next week.